Lowdown, a dancing doom podcast, Eleanor Stewart and Danielle McKinley discuss a lowdown on developing reading skills and normals with dancing doom. Over to you, Hannah. I'm Marla. Thanks, Jody. Welcome to the Lowdown Podcast. I'm Marla Folden, an SLP with the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation, and with me is the absolute gem of a human being, Hannah Mahmood, who is OT here and co-host as well. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Marla. How are you? Oh, so good. Good. So glad to have you with me. I know. Right back at you on that gem comment. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Before we continue today with our episode, we'd love for you to hit that subscribe button Mm -hmm. and leave a review of our podcast on whatever platform you use. And remember to check out our episode pages because we put cool things there. Um, Related resources for each episode, and some of them come from us at the DSRF and some come from our guests. So definitely have a look. And you can follow the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation at our website, www.dsrf.org, and on Instagram and Twitter by following at DSRF Canada. Today, we have a really exciting topic for you, and that is literacy. Yeah. And we love talking about all things Down Syndrome, as I'm sure you've heard by now if you're a long-time listener. But literacy holds a really special place in our hearts because the expectations around literacy have changed so much mm-hmm. in the last 30 years. It's quite phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think having worked here for this long now, I have such a newfound like understanding and respect for everything that goes. Reading is not just reading anymore. Nope. There are so many subcomponents, so many different avenues and things to look at. So very excited to have our guests with us to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, this increase in expectations around literacy and literacy abilities has really increased the independence of people with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And also the expectations in other areas of life. Literacy really opens doors for employment and having social lives and those kind of things. So it's, it's yeah. huge. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so today we're really excited to um, have our first episode with two guests on our panel and they're both people that we know and love. So we have, we'll be speaking with Eleanor Stewart and Danielle McKinney, both who are teachers at the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation. Eleanor is the director of education and programs and has worked at the DSRF since 2008 as the lead teacher. She is a BC certified teacher who has a master's degree in educational psychology with a specialization in reading and exceptionality from Simon Fraser University in British Columbia and an education degree from McGill University. Eleanor has developed and teaches the adult courses at the DSRF aimed at increased reading fluency, as well as social communication and community navigation skills. She has also um, taught children in, or continues to teach children in the one-to-one reading programs for students ages three and up. And beginning in fall of 2015, Eleanor has led a DSRF school collaboration pilot program, which I think is super cool, where she designs one-to-one reading interventions for school-aged children and collaborates with teachers and educational um, assistants to implement the reading program in a school setting. And our second lovely guest is Danielle McKinney, um, who graduated from the University of Victoria with a Bachelor of Education and Elementary Education. Um, and a concentration in language arts. So she is currently completing um, the Inclusive Education Graduate Diploma at Vancouver Island University. I love that our teachers are 
continue to to learn. It's so cool. I'm just thinking. It's so inspiring. I know. Very, very busy. Yeah. Um, So Danielle is also a BC certified teacher and has worked with children in various settings for many years. Since 2011, Danielle has been providing one-to-one instruction in reading and math to learners of all ages at the DSRF, where she's also responsible for curriculum development, liaising with other professionals, families, and school-based teaching teams, and developing and presenting workshops and webinars on reading, math, communication, and engagement for audience audiences of parents, educators, and support staff. And I've had the pleasure of watching her engagement webinar and I learned so much. So welcome to the Lowdown Podcast, Eleanor and Danielle. Thanks hey, for coming thanks, on. Guys. We're so, so excited to have you. Uh, really yeah. excited to be here. Yeah. So um, we have a tradition at the Lowdown Podcast where we start off um, by getting, we know you guys quite well, but you might surprise us today. But for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better, we have what are called our five secret questions. Okay. And we like the word secret, but it's really just icebreaker questions. So you guys can't. The stress level has gone up. There's no no calculation, (laughs) no testing involved, just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Um, Okay. So question number one, and maybe Eleanor, we can start with you first. What is the best caffeinated drink that you've ever had? Oh, I think I love kind of like a long macchiato. Oh, Mm. very nice. So a little bit of milk, some foam. And I think the best one I ever had was in Italy, obviously. Of course. Yes. Yeah. 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 What about you, Danielle? Well, I'm not quite as cultured as Ellen. <laughs> so um, I really enjoy a chestnut praline oh. latte. Oh, very holiday. holiday season. Yeah. It's right there on the top of my mind right Love now. It. So yeah. I've never heard of that. that. Oh, it's delish. It's like you're more cultured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like a chestnut praline latte might be in order after. Yeah. 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 All right. Awesome. Um, okay, question number two. Your favorite hike or outdoor walk around like the greater lower mainland area? Danielle, why don't you go first on that one? Um, most of the hiking or walking <laughs> that uh, I do with the family is in Golden Ears Park oh, in Lake Ridge. so gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, love it. I I'm, love Golden Ears. Do you go by the creek? Uh, Gold Creek. Yes. Yeah, that's the lazy walk. And then sometimes we'll do <laughs> the little falls. That's not my lazy walk. I love that walk. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly lazy for the dog. It needs to be oh, carried yeah. the whole way back. It's, it's a bit of a trek. Yeah, there. and your dog isn't a tiny dog no. either. Yeah. Oh, well, my goodness. Well, I mean. <laughs> has he's, short legs. He's not. Yeah, he has short legs. <laughs> um, Eleanor, what about you? I think mine is it's just in the North Shore. It's called Hyannis Point. Mm. You can make it harder. You can keep it easy. <laughs> Another stream. Yeah. Really nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. lots of big trees. Yeah. That's like a hidden gem. Like a lot of yeah. people don't know about that one. I only know because Eleanor told me. I know. Is so that a hard one? I was or hesitant easy one? to mention it. I, well, I'm so <laughs> glad you trust me. <laughs> yes, now the whole world knows. knows. <laughs> is it an easier? walk hike yeah, yeah you can keep it easy but if you can extend it it make it okay. more challenging if you're yeah. into that and i think for our listeners that are not familiar with bc we are like a province rich with hikes mm-hmm. so just like lucky. never ending options here so that's really it's been great. good during covid absolutely 100 the yeah. only thing to do the only thing to do <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um okay question number three given that you guys are teachers and reading teachers and um what are you currently reading right now or a book that you recently read that you really loved Eleanor why don't you start us off on that one I've been reading a lot of culinary books right oh. now so mm-hmm. I just got Oda Lange's new 
book called Flavor. Okay. It's all about cooking and preparing vegetables. It's really good. Nice. I'll borrow that after you. Yeah. Yum. And then beside that is, um, what's her name? Samin. She she wrote Salt, Acid, Fat, oh. heat. Fat heat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yep, yep. It's really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cookbooks. Love it. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's that what I'm into right now. Yeah. That's all I have time for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, thanks for some inspiration. Yeah. 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 Nice. yeah. For sure. Good during um, COVID as well. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just going to say, yeah. Uh, Danielle, what about you? Um, well, I don't read a lot when I have too much going on, mm-hmm. which is the case right now. So mm-hmm. I'm currently reading Assessment and Intervention for Students with Special Needs. Okay. Um, but the last book I read for fun, um, yeah. it was From the Ashes. Yes. Oh. And I think I recommended that to Hannah. Yeah, it's on my it's on my list already. Okay. Going to go to it next. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say it was... Um, not like the happiest happy of, reading but yeah it's yeah. It not assessment and intervention exactly, <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> not a workbook no. mm-hmm. um, okay great so question number four what is um, the most essential accompaniment to apple pie come on guys yeah <laughs> well, Eleanor has very strong opinions on this one why don't you get us going <laughs> A piece of cheese. An apple oh. pie without some cheese is like a kiss without a squeeze. Oh, oh my, my life goodness. goals are complete. Wow. I really needed Eleanor to say that. I on have podcast. never heard that before, and that is. <laughs> Did you ask them to ask that question? No. So that you can say that? <laughs> it's like on a platter. I love this. An apple wow. pie with a piece of cheese? Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, well, have you ever had apple and cheese together? Oh, yeah. 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 Delish. Interesting. Yeah. I know your cheese is free. Yeah. It's delicious. I actually have a recipe for a pie that has jalapeno and cheese in it. Ooh. There you go. Like a fruit apple. pie? Apple pie, yeah. yeah. Oh, like an old uh, cheddar. Okay, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Maybe we'll post it on the webpage. Yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> might be some page. very intrigued about this recipe. <laughs> Best of bridge. Yeah. Oh, so would you agree good. with Eleanor cheese or no. are you more of a traditionalist like uh, me? Ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I like whipped cream, but you can't oh. do whipped cream and cheese with pie. No. no. Yeah. No. You, know? you only need one dairy product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Per pie slice. It's a lot of rules here. Um, See, our questions are great, right? All sorts of weird things. Okay. And question number five, your favorite musician to see live, or maybe you could, we can even say the first person you'd like to see live once COVID is over. This is going to be an unpopular answer because I do not enjoy Live. That's fine. I know lots of concerts. people that don't enjoy live concerts. Yeah. 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 It's too I loud. I don't no, like crowds. I, it's too boring. I'm not like a, I don't know. Glenn, I, I don't mind like a small venue. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Our producer Glenn like, is looking huge. at Danielle like, are you kidding me? Not Glenn's a stadium a big concert. concert person. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like myself. Yeah. The last one I went to was U2. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. No. And they just they just turned you off of live music. <laughs> no, no, just I just knew it just was not your thing, not my thing. Okay, maybe it needs That's to be more intimate. Yeah, smaller, like smaller, which yeah. was probably going to yeah. be the way of the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so true. Yeah, okay. it's been a long time since I've been to a live. Would you like to like say stand up or something? Yeah, not or musical? theater. Yeah, yeah, the theater musicals. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I miss musicals. Um, Eleanor, what about you? Oh, there's so many. I know. I know. But. You can give me a top three. One of my fa- like my favorite prof- like Arcade Fire is amazing mm-hmm. live, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's just so many. Canadian but I think band, I was right? thinking I really have been into this woman called Sharon Von Etten, mm-hmm. and I'd like to see her live. Okay, because mm-hmm. I've never seen her live. Yeah, 
Um, Great. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, that was... Now our listeners know you. I, well, I learned a lot more about you guys. Some things I knew and the cheese thing I'm still not sure about. But <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to knock it until I try it. So. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but thank you for indulging in this um, fun little activity. So let's kind of get to our topic of the day. Um, my first question for you guys, and you guys, either of you can start off. Do you feel that you are seeing differences between the students you have now um, and the ones you saw around maybe 10 years ago in terms of literacy. You want me to start? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, we Danielle and I were talking about this topic recently, and I think seeing students now coming out of high school mm-hmm. compared okay. to 10 years ago, they're coming out with more literacy skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think... You kind of touched upon it in your intro, Marla, that I think families seem to have higher expectations for their child's literacy goals. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and they're seeking additional opportunities for literacy learning and kind of advocating more for those um, those academic skills and support earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's been a change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, Danielle, you were mentioning... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we've been finding here we do get a lot more um, younger students. Yeah, starting really early, like three and four. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, we were just talking too about like kind of where we need to go with it. Is that we're we're still finding that a lot of the expectations are more around emergent literacy skills, like being able to share a book and Mm -hmm. you know reading some sight words and things like that, and just really. boosting that to having an expectation for conventional literacy where mm-hmm. um yeah. can be functionally and mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you're reading to learn more than learning to read yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah just the really upping the, yeah. the goal to to that past level. sort of like sounding words out right yeah. yeah are you guys finding that schools and educators in the public school system are changing their approaches or are doing anything different as well to make that difference I just find it's so very so much based on school mm-hmm. to school, but there's a lot of, we've worked, we've been fortunate to work with a lot of school teams that are really excited and yeah. want to learn more mm-hmm. and yeah. are really into applying strategies and, and working with us. But mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of things that need to come into yeah. play mm-hmm. when you're um, thinking about providing that literacy support in a school setting. You know, you yeah. need to have the opportunity to work one-on-one yeah. with the student mm-hmm. sometimes or, you know, have the skills and the strategies in the toolbox to um, yeah. pull out when necessary mm-hmm. when working, you know, also within the, the larger class setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we really kind of um, – one of our goals here is to equip people or educators with those types of strategies that we've found yeah. to, mm-hmm. over time, really yeah. work with our students. Mm-hmm. And think about it, instead of having these, like, separate literacy blocks, like, weaving it in through the day, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of what our students need is a lot mm-hmm. of that repetition and that frequency and that yeah. it doesn't need to be a 45-minute session. It could just be, like, 10 minutes every day, and you're going to see a lot of improvement just based mm-hmm. on that. So, yeah. yeah, kind of reframing. Yeah, always having that idea of what can what can I – focus on literacy wise yeah. in now. this setting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. What we're doing. Yeah. I, I need those opportunities. A, yeah. yeah. It's a change in expectations away from like learning to read class. Yeah. yeah. Right. Where yeah. we're going to have spend our hour and then we're not going to think about it for the rest of the day. Yeah. Towards 
we're going to have literacy involved in our whole yeah. daily process at school and at home. Yeah, I think, and I think it's more meaningful that way. Also, mm-hmm. if yeah. you're building it into the routines, more functional for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, rather than just being like, let's sit down, read a book, and then we're done. So yeah. I know that comes, I mean, we have learned, or I have learned anyways, um, a lot, or I've seen that happening a lot with our SLBs and how, you know, building in Mm -hmm. opportunities for increasing communication happens in... Ideally all day. Yeah, Yeah. all day in every situation so that they can generalize Mm -hmm. that um, Mm -hmm. ability across. And yeah, we know that our students have a hard time with generalization as a whole, so it... I mean, that's another reason to not separate it from the rest of life. And, you know, I tell my families, good practice is something that fits with what you already do. Mm -hmm. And I ideally, depending on the challenge, but ideally I don't want you to have to sit down and spend half an hour repeating the same speech sound because it's it's not not fun for anybody (laughs) and it's unlikely to carry over Mm -hmm. into, you know, the next half hour when you're playing. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it makes it seem like work, right? So like even with some OT skills, I'm like, you it doesn't have to be work. Right. You can yeah. present it in a way where it's yeah. more meaningful and fun. Just so part of the day. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how have, I mean, and this can, you can take this to any avenue you guys want, but how have expectations around literacy changed? So from your experiences with our parents, maybe even your own expectations, what you've learned. <clears throat> yeah, I think we touched a little bit on that already just around like wanting to extend our expectations yeah. to yeah. be more than what, um, you know, just the basics of literacy are. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, yeah, I think just seeing different, um, examples of kids that are reading, kids with down syndrome who are reading mm-hmm. have really helped to increase what's, um, in people's minds about what's possible. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I think definitely with having, having just high, higher expectations yeah. is helpful. I think media really affects that too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one of the things that wasn't there 10, 15, 20 years ago was videos that were publicly available of other kids with Down syndrome reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had to, you know, know the person directly to be able to find that information. Mm-hmm. And now you can find, you know, so-and-so reading a book and so-and-so like it's, it's there. And so yeah. people know that it's possible in a way that mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily before. True. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's let's get into the, the little nitty gritty of how learning to read works. So one question or comment that comes up a lot about how these things are taught in school and whether that works for kids with Down syndrome, is the process of learning to read different for a kid with Down syndrome? Like, can we, you know, in school, grade K-1-2, we have time that's dedicated in the classroom to learning how to read. Mm-hmm. Is that enough? Do we need to change it? Where are we at? Well, yeah, I'll start, Danielle, and then you can <laughs> you can fill in. Um, the process of learning isn't to learning to read isn't different because all students need to learn the alphabetic code. Okay. Um, but the challenges that come with that for our guys or for students with intellectual disabilities and specifically Down syndrome. Um, those challenges influence our approach to teaching reading. Okay. Um, so when you're talking about having, you know, your one hour a day focused on reading, I think our students need more than that. Um, and we know that our students benefit the most and learn the most 
efficiently when they're in a, when it's in a one-to-one situation. And I think that becomes a challenge in our school system because there really is this movement of inclusion, which is really important. But I think that I, that there's a lot of confusion, as we say, with inclusion around whether we, yeah, whether it's, you know, ethical to pull a child out to do one-on-one, but I don't know. I think what is it about one-on-one that you think helps our students? Is it a matter of distraction and focus? Is it a matter of the pace of how fast you're kind of covering material? What is it about that one-on-one that works? I think you nailed both of them. Yeah. Like I think it's the attention and, um, you know, that's Danielle and I always talk about like, (laughs) cause that's the biggest challenge for teaching reading is that you need the child to attend or you need the student to attend as with speech and with OT. And I think, um, when you have that one-on-one, you can, you have more ability to engage and motivate and entertain and keep them. And you have control of the pace. Too. And yeah. personalization yeah. Yeah. Uh, is also helpful. Yeah. Yeah. But also really, I think um, being, having that opportunity to analyze what, you know, the errors are or what the, yeah. you know, what their strengths are in reading mm-hmm. and um, really be able to provide more direct and explicit instruction mm-hmm. based on what you can um, gain from seeing how they're reading or what kinds of errors they're making or, um, yeah, just what areas they need a little bit more in as opposed to mm-hmm. customized. You know, yeah. yeah. One, fit, one size fits all for the whole class, for sure. which I know that, that most is not necessarily what's happening in classrooms, but right. um, it probably is happening a little more than what our students would need. They just need a little bit more of individualized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Eleanor brought up such a good point too, that I personally agree. Like I feel that you can, if you're working on this, is I can equate this to printing as well. Like if you're working on something brand new, like decoding a word to write it out or figuring out the movements of writing a letter versus like decoding the sound of the letter that makes up even a word as simple as cat, mm-hmm. you need your full attention. You need, there's so many different sub processes mm-hmm. working on that. Yes. But the thing is that once they're on a roll and getting that, then there's nothing saying that you can't go back in the classroom and continue. But at least when you're initially teaching, mm-hmm. It needs to be in an environment that's conducive to mm-hmm. giving yeah, them really all direct. the ability to, yeah. to, to yeah. do that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and then you said that, ex- then they know what's expected too, right? And exactly. it's easier for them to perform that. Yeah. 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 yeah, and putting the SLP hat on it. Classrooms, oh, it's an SLP OT hat. It's a multicolored hat. Uh, <laughs> classrooms have a lot of visual and auditory distractions. Mm-hmm. And you know, even the best, most gorgeously run classrooms have yeah. this. It is just part of it. Yeah. It's yeah. part of being in school. <laughs> And we have had the pleasure of seeing some just phenomenally run classes, um, but kids are still wiggling. Mm-hmm. You know, there's noises, the bells going off, things are happening. For a kid with Down syndrome who has trouble with hearing and processing language and sounds, and you're trying to teach them sounds and how it relates to written symbols yeah. mm-hmm. on a page, those distractions become just too much. Too much. And yeah. it, well, it just, it's just going to make it take longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And make the process less efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And kind of along those lines of taking longer, that, that is another thing that our students need is that, you know, even if the whole year of kindergarten and half of grade one is focused on learning to read, they're going to need extra time to gain those foundational skills Mm -hmm. and time spent developing those skills is well spent in where it's going to benefit in the future. So moving on and saying, Oh, good enough, or, you know, they'll catch up. 
you know, we need to just spend the time and get those, you know, really foundational skills in. Mm-hmm. And it, another thing that we might do is to teach things in a different order or, you know, spend slightly more time on yeah. a certain set of skills yeah. than um, you would need to do with a typically developing reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. It gives you time to experiment, right? Because, of course, not one approach is going to work for every, for every kid. Student. So, yeah, yeah. Right. it gives you time to mess around with stuff. And time to sort of compensate for mm-hmm. things that are turning out to be difficult. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's interesting that you say <laughs> don't move on until you can really move on because I think there's a misconception about keeping the child with the group and keeping the child doing what the class is doing and I see the value in that. But when this is a skill that they are going to have and use for the rest of their life, it is worth it to make mm-hmm. sure exactly. that the foundation is really there and not missing some chunks because it will not help us later. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or do you run into that issue, missing foundational chunks in some of our older students? Does that happen? For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been, uh, we also noticed that there's definitely like, um, like an imbalance in some strengths. So it might seem like, oh, this is, you know, this is a really good reader. We can move on. We can give them harder, you know, higher levels or more comprehension and more of this and that. But we see that maybe when you go to focus in on something like spelling, that they are um, focused, they're maybe leaning more towards a visual strength of reading, mm-hmm. but they're, they don't have that sound symbol connection yeah. so then the spelling Which is, so is suffering yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe <clears throat> didn't pick up on that because we weren't looking for that because we were focused so much on the reading portion of it mm-hmm. um, so yeah just making sure that all those pieces are aligned mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or at least kind of moving forward at the same mm-hmm. yeah, which is time. yeah and yeah I always I always want to also like recognize how how many pieces there are to yes. learning to read exactly and, yeah you know and schools are in a especially right now, like it's such a a challenging time to try to lead and execute an IEP and make sure all those moving pieces are happening. And I think that's why, yeah, that's why when we're talking with EAs and teachers, we really try to break it down into these kind of smaller, Mm -hmm. like just Mm -hmm. 10 minutes. You don't Mm -hmm. need to like, they're not going to learn all of these things in in an hour. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So many moving parts. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. What, when we're talking about literacy and a comprehensive like literacy program, what are these parts? What do we need? You've mentioned spelling, you've mentioned decoding. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about what both of those are and the other pieces. <laughs> so, um, you know, usually when we're talking about a comprehensive literacy program, we're talking about five components. So, um, phonological awareness, uh, phonics, comprehension, vocabulary, and fluency. It's a lot of things. That's it's a lot of things. And within <laughs> phonics, like you said, there's decoding yeah. and there's spelling. So, yeah. decoding and encoding. So, those are two different skills within that other, you know, subcomponent there. Skill. So, um, yeah. So, we definitely recognize that it might look a little bit different for our learners with Down syndrome mm-hmm. um, and that each component is very complex and our learners um, might require more support to consolidate all of those moving parts. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, one thing we find is that sometimes students who have, you know, um, are able to decode words are not necessarily comprehending um, either at the word yeah, sentence or, a lot. or short passage level. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's an area where we might want to, kind of hone in for a little while and develop Mm -hmm. those comprehension skills and just strategies for um, like, how do we understand a text or what kind of things can we do? Um, 
yeah, before moving on. I know there's often a lot of kind of focus on, oh, what's the next level? What level is my yeah. child reading at? Yeah. Can you read harder books? But yeah. there's so much we can do once we can like process the text and read it yes. to further Enrich understand it. it and yeah, mm-hmm. really get more from it vocabulary wise or become more fluent in reading at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always pushing forward and trying to get you know, to the end of the to the end of the, the road, numbers in yeah, one of those areas when you know to the detriment of all the, the other. others. So yeah. the skills that you're talking about, there's a lot. I mean, there's the five major areas. Do they happen in a certain order? Yeah, Are we addressing them sequentially or simultaneously? My hands are moving. No one can yeah. hear it. <laughs> yeah, like, is it it's like helpful a, to me. Is it like a progression, <laughs> like that you follow, or how do you? Uh, it's. I would say when you. But when you talk about a comprehensive reading or literacy program, it's meant to be, you know, all happening kind of at once and you're, Uh, you're incorporating all these skills within um, every text. And that's why it does require a lot of um, planning and skill and like Mm -hmm. a good attention. attention. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But there will be times like when you're maybe just starting, Mm -hmm. you know, increasing the level or reading, um, you know, words with new phonics patterns where you're going to spend more time in that phonics section, Mm -hmm. right? you know, like Mm -hmm. more time with the decoding and, you know, less time, or maybe spend more time comprehension wise with books that the teacher reads aloud Mm -hmm. just to get all those pieces working Mm -hmm. together. Um, one thing that maybe is like seen as sequential would be that a lot of, um, most kids are like a good indicator of, of reading success is that strong um, phonological awareness before learning how to read. And um, one thing that we know with our students is that that may develop because of learning to read and mm-hmm. not the other way around learning to read. Can you, Can you just you tell define? our listeners? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so phonological, <laughs> phonological awareness is the understanding and the ability to manipulate sounds in our language without the presence of text. Mm. So I, you can basically, you can do it with your eyes closed. Mm-hmm. So I might say, oh, this is the word cat. What are the three sounds in cat? Mm-hmm. And Hannah would tell me cat. Mm-hmm. I cannot not use that word. I know, example. we always it's literally go to the word that I ever pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas phonics would be attaching that to print. A symbol. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Okay. So um, we've seen that having the symbol there first and having that connection that that our students can concretely understand that when Mm -hmm. you see this you hear this sound Mm -hmm. can then help them to be able to hear the sounds within words then without the print and develop and strengthen their phonological Mm -hmm. awareness because of it i think that that in itself is like a gold mine that's that's such a nugget of information i'm like okay yeah it makes sense it makes complete sense because our students have process process auditory processing challenges Mm -hmm. right where sounds are getting missed maybe they have hearing loss etc and we always say that you need a visual to compensate for what they're not hearing and in this case the visual is the written or yes. typed symbol mm-hmm. and just a side note for everyone i find that students progress the fastest in their speech and language goals when they are also working on reading yeah. and it's for that exact reason yeah. where their awareness of sounds increases so much through this sound letter correspondence and phonics awareness mm-hmm. processes that they're able to make faster gains yeah. so if you want to do both things I recommend for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing how many people 
that I've run into because it's a nerdy question I like to ask, you know, who can read as adults, but can't hear those sounds and words. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not super strong and maybe they're not really great readers, but um, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not just kind of a given that we can all process language in the same kind of, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah way yeah no that does make sense makes sense uh-huh. yeah of course there'd be have variation. you ever met someone who thinks they can rhyme but can't <laughs> that and that's person. the skill yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> oh it's Eleanor <laughs> yeah. pointing Thank to you about easy. <laughs> uh, or like yeah or like the concept of like if you use rhyme as an example like it sounds different to one person and they think they legitimately are rhyming but mm-hmm. it's not following like the, mm-hmm. the rhyming right. rules yeah. right so yeah, yeah. Can imagine that. I'm going to talk about something that's really common for early readers with Down syndrome, and that is learning sight words. Now, there's specific programs for this. There's sort of looser approaches to it. What is the deal with sight words? Why do we teach them? Why do we use them? And is it enough to just have them for your learning? And can you define sight words? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do that too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a sight word is a word that you look at and recognize without having to decode it or sound it out. Mm-hmm. So you're recognizing the shape of the word as opposed to yeah. reading. I feel like it could be the shape or it could be some, I don't know, if you think about when you're reading, you might just look at the first two letters or you may see the first and last letter, the length. Yeah. 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 You see a pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've... We've used sight words have like traditionally and historically been was like one of the first ways that they started teaching individuals with Down syndrome to read mm-hmm. um, because of their relative strength and visual processing mm-hmm. and visual memory. And there was like immediate success with that approach. Um, and we use, I guess, to answer your second question, and then I'll come, then I'll come back. But mm-hmm. you can, yeah, to teach, you can't. A person can learn several sight words, but technically they're not that they won't be able to um, to read, right? Because right. it will limit vocabulary, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and just when they're presented with a novel word, they won't have the skills yeah. or strategies mm-hmm. to to decode that word. So that's why we don't only do sight words here, but we start with sight words um, and we begin teaching sight words, but not those kind of typical. You know, in the school system, there's like the dolch words. There's the yeah. high frequency words and fry, fry words. Yeah. yeah. So these are, and those are, a lot of those words are words that you can't really sound out. You have to kind of memorize them. And that's why they're taught, mm-hmm. um, taught through a sight word approach. But we begin with high meaning sight words. So these are kind of, these are words that have high meaning and high motivational value to our students. Um, and we use those because it's, you know, when we went back to that idea of, of attention and motivation, our learners really need support with maintaining motivation and maintaining attention. And if we start with words that they, they want to learn, like Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, (laughs) Chase on the case, (laughs) French fries. Yeah. really using their interests as a way to exactly. get them motivated mm-hmm. right and that's yeah. really motivating and then that that addresses that piece and at the same time it starts to teach this that important concept of reading that print carries meaning right and right. that's a that's a concept that 
again, learners with Down syndrome have, we know that kids with intellectual disabilities have um, challenges learning a lot of these concepts that we take for granted, right? So it's, an, it's a good way to really teach that early concept of print. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That reading has a purpose and yeah. here's yes. what it is. You yeah. can read mommy's name on the on hook. On paper. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like that reading has a purpose because I think sometimes it's presented as a way of just like, well, you just do yeah, it. This is what we do. Yeah. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Like it actually. Yeah. Yeah. You can read about Peppa Pig and enjoy it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it can yeah. be something yeah. fun. And I think you know, even the, the little scale of noticing print around you yeah. in the environment comes from understanding that that means something yeah. and it's worth paying attention to. So yeah, yeah, yeah. make it fun with French fries and Peppa. Mm-hmm. Sure. I had a, a parent call me up specifically to tell me that they were walking down the street and her son saw a sign and said, pizza. Oh, and you're like the most exciting yes, thing of the day. That right? is so cool. And yeah. Cause that was yeah. something he was oh, really interested yeah. in. And so we yeah. worked a lot on learning how to read pizza and, and that generalization. Yeah. And the generalization yeah, exactly. So Without great. being prompted to like, mm-hmm. what does that sign say? Just out of the blue. Yeah. Say mm-hmm. pizza. That happened last week to me too, Danielle. That wow. a mom emailed me and said they were playing heads up or, um, Head- headbands. Yeah. And the, the name was Ariana Grande, and like, my <laughs> student read Ariana Grande. And like, I love it. <laughs> but it's that generalization. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, the child is super motivated yeah. because, you know, everyone's excited and mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. are identifying things that are important to them. Mm-hmm. I really hope that boy got pizza. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. Just like, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so let's talk about one way that sight words. And other aspects of reading can be taught, which is the match select name method. Sometimes it's called the old win method too. Um, what is this and why do we make solid use of it? All right. Um, so this method or this approach was developed by Patricia Olwyn, who was a teacher of um, young students with Down syndrome. Um, and she just kind of tried it out one day and it really um, worked. And so she developed um, the method and there's a book uh, I always forget the title because it's like teaching kids with Down syndrome to read that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put it in the notes, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> totally wrong. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, so basically, it involves three steps, matching, selecting, and naming. Um, so matching, you would have a piece of paper with the four, or if you're just beginning, maybe two words mm-hmm. that, the, um, that you're trying to teach the child to read, and the same words on individual kind of flashcards. Um, so you would say the word, they would match it to the same word on the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully repeat it after you as well to get but that they other input. But are not requiring them to say it at this point. No, they don't have to say it. It's helpful to have both kind of modalities mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. at the same time, but they can just look at it and match it to the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the simplest um part of the process and this is the idea that we're scaffolding and we're teaching the words not just flashing words in some kind of magical way they're going to learn these words right yeah we're first teaching them by matching and then um the next step would be to select the words so this would be on your verbal cue so Mm -hmm. as the teacher i would say i'm not going to say cat i'm going to say 
Dog. Dog. Pizza. Pizza. So I would say pizza, and the student would have their word cards in front of them, and then they would either hand me the word card or point to it. Um, another aspect of this approach is that errorless learning. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they're not immediately going for the word pizza, then I'm going to indicate to them that that's the word that they need to yeah. um, select. And this is this is the teaching part of it. It's not the testing or the right. It's know, not a quiz. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quiz. We're, we're learning these words right now. It's okay mm-hmm. that I need to support and help yeah. you define that. Mm-hmm. And then, so then that brings us to the final stage, which would be naming that word or identifying that word. Mm-hmm. Um, so just showing them the card and then being able to read it. Mm-hmm. So this really uses, as Eleanor, I think, mentioned a couple times here already, that visual strength yeah. um, mm-hmm. that our learners with Down syndrome have. Mm-hmm. Um, and a like name is something you would say is taught in that sequence, right? Like, I mean, I know the five components of comprehensive reading is can be mix and match, but with match select name, would you recommend that we kind of go in that sequence? Yeah. So this would be specifically for sight words, which wouldn't, is, isn't, it's kind of weaves its way into all of those components of reading. So it can help if you're learning sight words, it can help with your fluency. It can help with comprehension. If you automatically know some of these words, it's going to make your reading less effortful and, Mm -hmm. um, you're better able to co- focus on comprehension. So mm-hmm. it's also going to help, you know, um, you know, it's not phonics, but it allows you to um, not have to decode every single yeah. word. Mm-hmm. So you can focus on, you know, mm-hmm. reading in, in phonetically for the words that you don't know. For sure. So yeah, it's definitely a thing. But as, as far as the approach goes, yes, we yeah. want to go from simple to more complex. So in a really early reader or with a beginner reader, we might just do a lot of matching. Yeah. But yeah. ideally, we want to do all three stages. So even if they're just learning the words and are not able to name it on their own, yeah, you can still show them the card and say, this say, is pizza. Yeah. And they can repeat pizza after yeah. you so yeah. they understand, again, what that process is. Yeah. So sure. they can eventually Absolutely. move to independence. Do you ever do um, individual sounds with the same method? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it can be used, because I know Hina uses the same method for learning things like colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I use the same method sometimes too. Um, so it's kind of, it's flexible, but not. So the, the order is essential, but yeah. what you put on there is maybe a little bit more flexible. Yeah. If it works to teach whatever skill you're teaching, that's the, great. Like, it's really just an idea of scaffolding. Yeah. 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 It works beautifully with shapes sure. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but it's also sure. really good for students who have complex communication yes. um, needs. needs, right? So, or, mm-hmm. you know, or they're, they're at a stage where they're just signing, um, yeah, because it doesn't require verbal support. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You actually don't have to say anything. No. So we should no. clarify that um, at the naming stage, if somebody has an AAC device, mm-hmm. yeah. like an iPad or something mm-hmm. like that, they, yeah. finding the word on the device counts as saying the word. Yes, right. Or signing signing the word counts gestures. as saying the word. Yeah. yeah. You know, or even indicating something in the room that is the word that you're talking about yeah. counts as, yes, I understand that this is what this is. What yeah. that says. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could also pick, like, you could have three pictures on the table and show them the word pizza and they have to find pizza. Exactly. As opposed of course, to pie and cake, yeah. Yeah, right? So we're not, yeah. we're not needing to wait for the verbal no, skills to be not. there. And lots of times it will help to, like you said, develop their skills. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think Mm -hmm. the systematic approach works really well for some of our students that have maybe that additional diagnosis of autism Mm -hmm. and need something very, like a systematic, structured way of doing things. I found when I teach colors or shapes or something else and using the match select name, it works really well for that particular group of kids because Mm -hmm. it's like expected. They know what they need to do and it's just like. 
go, 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 step by step. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and you can yeah. going back to pace too. You can really adjust the pace mm-hmm. if it is a student who you know, Absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. is going to speed it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And on the other side of things too, I have had you know a couple of students where we've been working on the concept of same and different, mm-hmm. also known as matching. For like a year, yeah. Yeah. right? Where we're really focusing in because it's a fundamental skill. If yeah. you think about choosing from a selection of items or words or whatever, you have to be able to know that what you're choosing is yeah. the yeah. one that you want. Yeah. Um, so it sometimes it just takes a long time and that's okay too. Yeah. yeah. The other thing about having this kind of routine thing is it takes away um, that additional step of explaining what we're going to yeah. do in this new activity. It reduces that verbal time. input, yeah. right? Yeah. right? So, so oh, they know. We bring out the grid. We yeah. bring out the cards. We're going to learn our words. Mm-hmm. You know, it can yeah. be on their visual schedule as learn words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love that no, idea. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. And I, you guys do I mean, it's not always just point to it kind of a thing. I've seen you guys yeah. do lots of fun stuff with yeah. match like name. So you can incorporate the student's interest. I've seen magic wands. I've seen fly swatters. I know you guys are having too much fun. Puppets, mailboxes. Puppets, yeah. Yeah. you know, selecting words, can do yeah. a lot of things. It's one of those things where the one-on-one teaching aspect of it, you can see how that fits so well, yeah. right? Because yep. It's unlikely you're going to get the whole class doing magic wand match select name together. Yeah. But certainly in a one-on-one yeah. situation, we can keep motivation high and attention really with you. Exactly. It works yeah. really well. But also it's handy to know, you know, if you do get that chance to do the one-on-one and find a strategy, whether it's the magic wand or the puppet that really works, you can bring that into other things. Yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. are within the whole class mm-hmm. and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, let's do the same thing as everyone else, but we're going to use our magic wand. Yep. And mm-hmm. then it just makes it so much more appealing. It makes it fun for mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. yeah. And for our listeners that are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. How do I do it? Just, we'll put this in our episode page, but I just want to mention it now because it's the right time to mention. Um, we have some amazing reading instruction videos on yeah. the match select name method on our website um, for free. Um, I sometimes will go and rewatch them to relearn some stuff if I'm working on printing yep. things. But please, definitely, we'll we'll put a link on our episode webpage. But so you can find those there. It's great. Yeah, resource. and it is helpful to like really see how how yeah. this all works too, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about the difference between decoding and comprehension. Danielle, you had mentioned earlier that sometimes, and I see this a lot, mm-hmm. we will have a student who, quote unquote, well, they do, they decode a whole page or a whole book of text. Mm-hmm. Can they tell you what it was about? Not necessarily. <laughs> so let's, why does that happen? Let's dive into that. Yeah. Well, again, there is a lot going on. Mm. <laughs> Reading is hard. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of an eye opener for, for me the first time I kind of considered that, oh, like maybe they don't understand what the question means, like mm. what the word where, where. Yeah. Even always where. means. It's always where. It's always right? where. Yes. It's often when. Um, yes. Yeah. I spend when. A lot yeah. of When's my a job tricky one is where and when. Where and when. <laughs> I find the where I really, I don't know, I kind of always amuses me because I say, well, you know, where is the pig? Right there, like on the page. <laughs> Not, you know, in the mud or <laughs> in the barn, but on the page. Can you see it? Okay, so we need to work on where. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so just that idea that there's so many things that have to kind of be underlined before they can even begin to 
um, comprehend a whole page of text. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like starting at the word level, just under making sure that they understand the vocabulary and then being able to understand, you know, simple sentences, um, understand what a question is and what those question words mean. Um, but also like while you're reading, what are you doing? Are you asking yourself questions? Are you just spitting out words? You know, are you pausing? Are you doing about it? Oh, I wonder, or, you know, predicting so many strategies and, Mm -hmm. Know. Um, where do we start? Do but- you think it has something to do with how the mechanics of reading, so the decoding, is is difficult for mm-hmm. a lot of our students, and so a lot of their mental energy is focused on just getting those words to sound quote unquote right. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there's not mental space left over for, for thinking about the text. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what they, we often recommend is that you, when you're working on comprehension, you kind of you choose a reading level that's a bit below their ability, like mm-hmm. their accuracy level, level or their decoding yeah. level. Mm-hmm. And then that yeah. reduces that cognitive load that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And so instead yeah. of focusing on decoding these words, they can have, they have a bit more room to work on some of these other skills. Yeah. yeah. And or read aloud too. Yeah. Can exactly. Just to talk, talk about that. Yeah. 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 Would you say there's benefit in, I mean, I think I know the answer, but let's talk about covering a text more than once oh, for the no. purpose of comprehension. Yes. Yeah. Repeated readings. Are We're all about it. Gold star in our... Gold star. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this is super interesting, though, because a lot yeah. of people think you read it once you're done, you move to the next book. Right. And you're saying, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. How many times are we talking here? How many times do we reread and reuse our text? Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, with us in our sessions, because we only have you know, the opportunity to see our students once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would definitely be using it at least two or three times with yeah. the same text. And even then keeping it kind of on the back burner as a review a or yeah. mm-hmm. as a choice, you know, even if, you know, we're doing a new book to work on new words or new concepts, we can still pull that in for other reasons like yeah. fluency mm-hmm. practice or comprehension or, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the repetition is really important. Really yeah. important. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's important for their success too. It yes. really provides them with that opportunity to be successful with something they've seen before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just confident. the idea that there's so many things you can do with one book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, in a classroom, you could have a book that spreads over the whole week, you yeah. know, where yeah. the yeah. first one is don't even open it. You're just looking at pictures and you're talking about what it could be about. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, here's some vocab yeah. that we need to think about. Or can you find these in your AAC device? Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of things can happen before you even start to read the story. So right. for sure, you're going to need more than one exposure to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just allows our students to be more confident. We want them to feel like, oh, I've seen this before. I can handle this. Mm-hmm. I'm good at this. Yeah. yeah. That's something we always want to Mm-hmm. Yeah, see. and then just slowly layering on some new skills and some new yeah. strategies mm-hmm. that they can use with that. Mm-hmm. And I think the other piece with comprehension is that it's you're integrating um, two or more skills, right? When you're trying yeah. to comprehend, and I when we, we do our reading presentations, I always talk about you know if you kind of think about a text that you've had to read that maybe you didn't have any background knowledge on. So I always use the example of like a manual around like automatic transmissions in a car. I, I yeah. have no background knowledge on that yeah. whatsoever, which means I probably have reduced understanding of the vocabulary yeah. and I can't make any connections to that yeah. text. And it's so, written in a way that's totally. meant for people yeah, that aren't yeah. used to that, that text form. form. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so A, I'm not going to be motivated to read that and B, I will probably have to read it a few times mm-hmm. and 
see, I probably won't understand it. Yeah. I'm going to have to ask. Go back and forth and reference, <laughs> yeah. reference, reference. Right. Yeah. And yeah. like, you can even really simplify it. Like, let's think about IKEA assembly yeah. instructions. Oh you don't look at it one time and then assemble the thing. At no. least I don't. And I'm looking at every step. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Angle, but each that subsequent thing? one, you get yeah. better at yeah. it. Right? You get yeah. better at it, but mm-hmm. then you refer back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a, I wish it was a look yeah. once and be done, but it's <laughs> so not. And you have that cognitive strategy, right? To know that, yeah. okay, I can go back and read the text. Exactly. Or I can go reference this or I can go ask this person or yeah I have a different strategy for IKEA instructions <laughs> I call don't someone? look at them I try to build it I call my husband <laughs> and he might look can at I, them you can he be totally me. does yeah. and also grumbles a little bit so I like or you could include another strategy is like look it up on YouTube first yeah because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sometimes I do that I'm like that visual representation is so much easier than the 2D of a picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we can make the comparison with the books and texts that our students yeah. are reading where, you know, if I'm introducing some kind of new concept, we look it up first. We Google that. Yeah. Yeah. We see what the pictures. pictures look like. We see if we can find a video about it yeah. just to make yeah. the vocabulary salient yeah. and yeah. all of those aspects. Yeah, absolutely. Are there some, yeah. like, things that you notice in books that you use with your students that are, like, you're like, I wish they had written the book this way or I wish they had change the form this way that would really work well for our students with Down syndrome? Like, I mean, visuals, of course, we know. Mm-hmm. But, like, do you see some things occurring commonly with books that... I definitely have some books that kind of lend themselves more to certain strategies than other books. So mm-hmm. it is important to kind of be um, purposeful in choosing um, which book you're using to work on whatever the skill or strategy that you're working on. Right. So some books are very sequential, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Three Little Pigs. If you're working on going in order, that's a great book to choose or yeah. another book like that. Yeah. Um, characters, you, you know, you want to choose a book that has lots of characters and also a lot of different characters. Mm-hmm. Like which character was funny? Which character was shy? You know, you want to really think about and have a plan mm-hmm. um, before you start reading. Yeah. And I guess these are the things you think about when you're customizing books for your students because mm-hmm. I know you guys do a lot of customization of materials. But if you're making a book about Peppa Pig eating pizza with Chase from Paw Patrol, mm-hmm. you know? But then, so then you can target, like, okay, we're working on this skill, so I'm going to yeah. make a book that kind of helps hone that skill. Exactly, yeah. 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 So At you're that a- early level, we're probably starting off, like, more simple, and then we want to bring in some mm-hmm. words that we know that they know from other books or other times that we've taught them and integrate them into a new context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be an example of that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true, you do need to... <laughs> kind of keep an inventory of certain bur- books that work, which I'm sure you guys do in your yep. practice, right? Where you yep. know, oh, this book's really good example of a problem and a solution. Yeah. And I think sometimes, I think that's always what I want. I want like a clean problem and a clean yeah. solution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, yeah. No partial remedies. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good example. We've actually had to write a lot of our own problem yeah. solutions yeah. because yeah. it's often not yeah. super clear. I'll yeah. go and read it and be like, I don't know what they're going to do to solve this problem. There's no way that my student can predict what yeah. might happen here. No. Exactly. Yeah. 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 For families who are listening at home and maybe don't have access to YouTube, um, what kind of activities would be a good fit for some of these early literacy skills? I mean, we've talked a little bit about noticing print around you. What else can families do at home to really set the stage, if you will, for later literacy? I think the biggest thing is that shared interactive reading and making 
making it fun、mm-hmm. and not turning it into a quiz or a、mm-hmm. test. Just like yeah, just cuddle、yeah. up and read and have fun, so that they really enjoy reading、mm-hmm. and、yeah. they you know have positive,、mm-hmm. yeah, positive memories associated with it and feelings yeah,、right. associated with it. Yeah, and with、uh, reading, we should emphasize goes past just saying the words that yes, are on yes, the page. Yes, yes. Just gonna say, take it away, Danielle. Yeah, <laughs> tell us all about it. <laughs> that book is yours now. You've purchased it. The author is done with the writing. You can do what you want with it. You、yeah. can read all the words. You can read none of the words. Yeah, you can just make up your own words. Whatever is,、yeah. uh, you know, kind of at the level and interest of your child is. Where you you want to be with that?、Right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually had you know some instances of of students picking a book that they really are drawn to and want to read, but it's just way above the level of even understanding, have you know having it read to them and、yeah. understood. So we'll just. You know, open a page and make up our own sentences with the students. Sure. You know, like,、yeah. What do you see? And it all of a sudden becomes an I see book. Yeah.、Um, yeah. So you know, all those things are you know, have at it. Like whatever you can do、mm-hmm. to get your student、mm-hmm. or your child engaged with a book that's of interest to them is. It's also good it's for parents too. Like we've had parents who like I can't read Brown Bear another <laughs>、yeah. day or I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> And I think, yeah, parents <laughs> need that that flexibility and that freedom to say, like, okay, we're gonna, you know, yeah, do it different today. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. totally. There are a lot、rules. of different things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.、Um, let's talk a little second about questioning versus commenting,、mm-hmm. um, because I think a lot of families are really they want to know what their kid knows, and I I、yeah. get that. I understand that because I have the same impulse with my own kid, where I'm、mm-hmm. like, I wonder if he knows this. I wonder if he knows that. And I, my temptation is to quiz him on、right. things.、Mm-hmm. This is a no-no. Tell us why. <laughs> well, I think we mentioned it too already with the match select name in that idea of like, are we testing right now? Like, maybe there's a time and a place for for sure. Kind of draw out what our our child does know, but are we testing or are we teaching? So commenting. Is kind of more that teaching area, right?、Mm-hmm. Where we're showing our child how to notice things in the book, or like how things relate to each other, and that just doesn't come inherently just because you opened the book and read a few words, right?、Mm-hmm. You need to go through the process and what you're doing to notice things and what you're doing to put put ideas together. So yeah, just thinking about what am I doing? What's my purpose? Am I am I testing or am I teaching? And you、yeah. can prompt, and you can get a lot of information without. Asking questions and you know, there's we will post it. Actually, we'll share. We have there's a whole、um, approach to interactive reading called dialogic reading, and within、mm-hmm. that, the whole the whole purpose of that was to provide parents with a variety of prompts that you can use with your child, so that you're not always asking the wh question words, right? And, and yeah, through that, one of them. Yeah, that one is the way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> prompt, but yeah, yeah. But, but you don't always. There's other ways to get、yeah. your child to express themselves or share. Yeah, and the same thing、sure、with thing. comprehension strategies is that different books kind of lend themselves、mm-hmm. to different prompts. So that brown bear book that we have read too many times, you know, is great for completion, right?、Yeah. So like brown、yeah. bear, brown bear, what do you? And that student、yeah. can fill in that word or fill in the animal、mm-hmm. that they see on the next、yeah. page. But you know, it might not be the greatest book to work on. 
problem and solution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. one of those ones. No, <laughs> no problems here in the no zoo. Here. Yeah, <laughs> probably get read. It get gets read a lot because it is kind of good for all of the kinds of prompts that you can do, like as yeah. far as like yeah. completion and recall mm-hmm. and yeah. um, what Eleanor was mentioning that we'll post. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I use that one a lot for vocalizing. Yeah. So I mean, there's lots of ways you can use a book and. I, we make sounds yeah. with the, mm-hmm. when I read it with kids. We practice, yeah. you know, all the kinds of things that animals, animals can do, yeah. which is related to their speech goals. Mm-hmm. But, it, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, even, we don't need the words to be there, really. Yeah. It's yeah. just the, the routine of it. Yeah. Um, so for those people who are listening, Hannah and I work in the same building as Eleanor and Danielle, and we see lots of cool things coming mm-hmm. out of their department. So many. And things that look like they take a lot of time. Yeah. So many custom materials. Um why, why we've kind of touched on it or kind of walked around the subject, but why are we customizing so many things for these early readers? Well, again, I feel like a broken record. We just keeps <laughs> it's that motivation piece. We know that our learners aren't, they don't have the huge strength and intrinsic motivation. Yeah. So we need yeah. to be there for them and, Kind of boost that motivation. So, mm-hmm. if we can um, increase that motivation and get them engaged in learning, then that's going to make the whole experience pleasurable, and it's going to increase the likelihood that they come back and yeah. want to come back to reading class and want to yeah. share their book with their friends and read it to their mom and show their teacher and do it in different contexts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, give us some examples also mm-hmm. of some fun things because I think our listeners need to know about <laughs> like some of the books you've made. Um, Just for- I feel like it's all been because everything's virtual right now. It's all yeah. been these like yeah. PowerPoint, PowerPoint stuff, but potato, yeah. well, potato it's really book. Take it. Okay, yeah. yes, I have. I have a little guy who really likes potatoes. <laughs> <Very sad>. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't? Most yes. versatile vegetable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, there was books around what do you want to eat or what should we cook on the stove? And mm-hmm. potato was always an option. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, potatoes came in big in math. We did a lot of counting potatoes, <laughs> yeah. um, adding potatoes together to eat, subtracting potatoes that you have eaten. <laughs> um, yeah. But he was motivated. He was yeah. motivated. So, yeah. Danielle and I share a client where a long time ago when she was seeing this client for reading, he's a big fan of princesses and long hair. And <laughs> just, just I love our, our, our students' interests are just so great. I learn so much from them as well. But she made a book using, like, she... I think it was his picture on his, the pages and, and the names and his mom <laughs> and used yarn as like, or like different wigs of hair that you could, it was yeah. just spectacular. And so he had to choose, he was learning yeah. color words. Yeah. So yeah. he had to choose the word for the color. And then, you know, if he wanted a pink wig, he had to find the word that said pink, mm-hmm. put it in the sentence. And then he got to put the pink wig on himself, on himself yeah. or on his mom. Um, and he was also... Yeah, so that's a good example of review, too, because yeah. he had previously learned his family name. So now he's reading, Mom has a pink wig. Yeah. So mm-hmm. kind of incorporating new, skills new words yeah. with sure. um, things he's already, yes, layering. Yes. And it's a little bit fun to make things it's very so customized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what you're going to see on a photocopier and dance around. It's like, oh, who is into, you know, <laughs> Lego today? I think it's funny because we often know. We're like, oh, we this tell. person. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we can kind of tell. And honestly, the customization <laughs> thing is across the board. I mean, yeah. I know for as SLPs and yeah. for sure mm-hmm. as OTs. Um, Eleanor, you had mentioned that now that everything is a bit virtual, like just... 
considering we're kind of on that trend right now, how have you found teaching reading, either of you, change? What are some of the difficulties, the benefits of doing it online versus in person? Obviously, it will be harder online. But, yeah. yeah. I found the younger <laughs> kids, younger students, a bit more challenging. Like, I found mm-hmm. it's more successful. And I know you guys are saying this, too, that it's easier to engage them when you're just, when it's, you know, when yeah. you're not sharing a screen or not showing a yeah. book online. So I found just being able to read a story and, you know, you can do peekaboo and just like, t- or showing pictures and mm-hmm. flashcards that way mm-hmm. has worked more, has mm-hmm. been a, more efficient and effective for mm-hmm. our younger guys. But our, a lot of our older students or even just school age and, um, kind of preteens, yeah. they, have, yeah, it's been really successful. They really right. enjoy having, you know, they have a bit of autonomy, right? And control yeah. when you share the yeah. remote and they're, yeah. they get to open up boxes. very and, much what their peers are doing. Exactly. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing, right? Everybody's yeah. online learning and they know it. Yeah. So yeah. exactly. It's a that's a good and, point. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is novel still. Even mm-hmm. yeah. It's been eight, nine <laughs> months. Us, but it's <laughs> for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And it has, it's, it's been great I, for us too, just to kind of, you know, expand our own yeah. repertoire of mm-hmm. yeah, kind of strategy or skills that are. And you like a PowerPoint yeah. queen now. Yeah. You can animate she anything. Really is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The transition animation yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 Great. And it's great because then you can, it's, it's been cool to kind of implement a lot of those aspects of motivation, like surprise elements yes. and yeah. cause and effect. And, and there's some choice. like online reading games and things that you guys mm-hmm. can kind of do yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That and, actually kind of answers that question too, though, about customization, because I do find it a little bit harder to just grab ready-made stuff yes. and be like, this is perfect yes. for my students. So even yeah. that, like I might take an idea or, you know, the words that are in that activity, but have to put a bit of a different spin on it yeah. or, you know, just slightly modify mm-hmm. it to, mm-hmm. to fit the needs, which I guess is not new news, but. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. And I make a lot of use of, a lot of the online book websites have wordless options. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I might use their pictures and yeah. do something completely different with yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at least the pictures are there and they might be in order and at least it's the same person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if there's a character or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. But yeah, I rarely get to use mm-hmm. something that's fully made. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like we talked about before, because you can do whatever you want with the book. It doesn't have to be, you know, the online options do offer a lot more um, opportunity for having the students select what they, mm-hmm. you know, I have had it backfire where they'll choose a book and I'm like, I just can't, you know, it's like a graphic, know graphic novel. It <laughs> looks like a superhero book, but like, uh, no, this yeah. is not going to work for us. Yeah. Um, but overall, you know, yeah. if they say, I want a book about monkeys, you can just like, oh, yeah, here's a check that in. Yep. You can kind yeah. of pick a book and you can do yeah, whatever uh, you need with it. Yeah. Green. Um, do you have thoughts on the age at which kids um, with Down syndrome should begin formal education? Like, is younger better? So we we've worked with kids as young as three here, mm-hmm. um, but lots of times that looks more like um, beginning with following routines yeah. and mm-hmm. enjoying books together, exposure to letters and letter sounds, um, understanding the purpose of reading again. Like, mm-hmm. what are what are what are we here for? What are we doing here? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and just really doing a lot of those repeated readings and, you know, same thing um, in different ways just to get them used to what 
reading instruction is all about and then moving into, you know, kind of more formal Mm -hmm. um, instruction. Mm-hmm. That's really the same thing that we do with a yeah. three-year-old yeah. where Pretty we're much, working yeah. on either therapy readiness mm-hmm. as a broad concept or table readiness. Yeah. yeah. Some exactly. of those kind of things yeah. with them yeah. really little tots. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. exposing at the basic, like even just like, let's just look at a book together. Yes. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Getting them to follow up. Yeah. 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 One yeah. thing that we found really successful with that age is um, we've, I don't know if we got this from somewhere, if we coined this term ourselves, but read and do. So we'll have a short phrase or even just, you know, two words. Um, I'm working with a little girl right now and there's a lot of baby play. And so it's like (laughs) feed baby, you know, baby wash. And so she's learning to see the word baby every time. And every time we do that, we do the action that matches it. So she's seeing this that's comprehension piece right at the very beginning stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, def- it depends on the child too, definitely. But right. yeah, I feel like there's not a lot of like direct reading instruction. Actually. Yeah, not the sit down. Yeah. Getting ready for doing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And the beauty of this center is that we have this multidisciplinary approach, right? Where mm-hmm. we have a student who might want to do reading, but will kind of assess and say, oh, let's try, you know, speech therapy first yeah, and exactly. then they can give some recommendations around Go like Marla first yeah <laughs> come back yeah i have to send people to you guys first <laughs> yeah well not necessarily but, yeah. first but uh, you know if we're having a lot of sp- in particular speech challenges that and the family's interested in doing reading i highly recommend that they mm-hmm. they do both yeah, yeah. or yeah. take a break from speech and do reading for a while instead mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah, it's a different door to the same room. So connected, yeah. yeah. So connected, but also like some, yeah, different, so different avenues and so to come yeah. at it. Yeah, right? and like even sometimes if we're sharing clients, like Danielle and I shared a client where I'm just like, okay, what is he reading right now? So you gave me Pete the Cat sentences. We're like, oh, we can practice printing, printing. Pete the Cat sentences, but then you can read them for him too. Yeah, very yeah. sneaky. Boom. Yeah, so you know, we like to work on each other's goals to some degree. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool to sure. puts everything together. Yeah. Mm. Um, Parents often notice a big change in their kids from one school year to the next, especially if they are changing schools. Um, Essentially, what they learned in the previous year is gone by next fall, unfortunately. So sometimes this is called the summer slip or the summer slide. Why does this happen and is this preventable? Tell us. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think we've touched on on this a bit. Um, we know our students need lots of opportunities for repetition and review and that and getting to that stage of generalizing knowledge and yeah. skills um yeah it requires a lot more effort for our guys um and so yeah taking that time away is going to likely affect that learning and that retention mm-hmm. um so yeah i think just kind of thinking about generalization and um And so that, yeah, that families can use that time, you know, not to focus on reviewing, but using those skills, like what we were talking about in different ways, um, in different contexts, keeping it fun still, you know, like it's not sitting down and doing worksheets and reviewing your times tables, but it's, yeah. um, Because I mean, a break is good for consolidation as well, but you still need to work on the apply skills the skill. to consolidate, yeah. right? Yeah. You have to apply the skill exactly. to do it. So it doesn't yeah. mean don't do anything. Yeah. Just look exactly what you just might look a little different. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the same for us, right? Like, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. 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 100%. Yes. There's a lot of skills that I've lost, but oh, yeah. so you got to never do yeah. anything with them, right? Exactly. And yeah. French. Oh, really? <laughs> but I mean, I think that's relatable for a lot of people, yeah. right? Those yeah. language courses you took in middle school, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't use, use it, it or lose it situation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that being said, like, you know, I think a lot of parents do get really worried or concerned, but it does come back. Like, the, mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I kind of talked to a lot of our parents about when the school shut down at the beginning of the pandemic. I'm yes. like, have faith that it will come back. Mm-hmm. You can even like, or when we talk about taking breaks between therapy or teaching blocks, like, yeah. okay, take a break. And then I often, uh, most of the time I find when students come back, it's there. And sometimes like better. built so strong and better yeah. that you're just like, Oh, well, forget that. Let's move on to the next yeah. level. So mm-hmm. there and is benefits to, to that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also good to take a little bit of the stress away of like, always worrying about hitting that next benchmark or yes. like you're not yeah. behind, you know, yeah. we're just doing this maybe at a little bit of a different pace right mm-hmm. now because of situations or, you know, circumstances mm-hmm. that are going on, yeah. but you know, maybe next month we'll have all this time and we'll be able to really focus in on that. And then we'll, you know, like, Life is you always <laughs> just like happens. Things, you right? always put yeah. things on the back burner and come back yeah. to them later, right? Yeah. 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 But just having that idea in the back of your mind of For what sure. the goals are and how you can fit them in whenever it's you know Makes practical sense. and yeah. 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 reasonable yeah. for you. And you're gonna have these peaks and bursts of development and then yeah. and growth and then valleys yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is life, right? Yeah, yeah. Toes. yeah exactly. It's not um, linear. I mentioned in your bio, Eleanor, that you have created um, our adult classes um, and are working, and you both are working one-to-one with adults for math and reading. Um, Why, A, it would be great if you could tell our listeners that are not familiar with our adult program, reading and communication program, what the purpose of that was Mm -hmm. or is, but why is continued reading instruction important for adults with Down syndrome? I was just thinking about that class, too, because you (laughs) both were... In my, you're both yes, my we were both your teaching assistants yeah. at one point. You're right. Yeah. Good old days. Yeah, a long time. So, yeah, our adult class is called Reading Communication Plus because we do a little bit of math, mm-hmm. some social skills and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was designed after we'd worked with um, some educators in, the, in Australia who were doing research with young adults with Down syndrome um, and literacy skills. And what their research found was that once the adults were out of high school, so around, you know, 17, 18 year olds, um, they had, and if they were able to continue their literacy, they saw this other growth um, Mm -hmm. in terms of literacy skills. So, and that makes sense if you think about if, if some of our, if our students are developmentally delayed, if they have that extra, um, time to continue their learning and um and also the way we framed it too was putting it into a two-year program so they had that extra time to really um Mm -hmm. to to really work on it and it what we noticed too was our adults coming into that program um because unfortunately in bc there's not a lot of options for um that transition period of coming Mm -hmm. out of high school um there's not a lot of options for academic options or yeah. anything really social like, yeah, yeah there's not <laughs> it, yeah. there's something it could be more robust as we mm-hmm. like to say anyway mm-hmm. um my point was that 
one of the, and you guys can comment on this too, but one thing I really noticed was just students' confidence. Like they were coming out of high school and then they were in this community among other young adults that were very similar to them and um, they're able to choose and have more autonomy around what they could read. They had influence and um, on what themes we talked about, what we, what we did in class. And then, yeah, you just saw this kind of, there's more motivated, more confidence. And then mm-hmm. you just saw them kind of blossom and kind of want to read more and yes. like take, like that's like you know, key. choose the books yeah. that they wanted to read. And just, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was, it's cool to see. And we're still, I, I don't teach it anymore, but our other teacher is running it and they, they're, yeah, they, you see the same thing, especially in that first six months when they start. Yeah, the group and I think the fun. fact that it's a two-year program, it's kind of cool because you can see, okay, the first year, mm-hmm. and then because you guys do assessments, yeah. you know, at the beginning or at the end of the year, so you really can gauge yeah. the progress, like, more, like, on paper, but also yeah. in person. In terms of yeah, that was the big thing with the assessment because you really didn't catch much yeah. after one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is really interesting too. I think that the peers aspect is huge mm-hmm. because here, you know, in the lower mainland, we have a lot of students with Down syndrome. They do not necessarily go to the same school. No. So they might be the only person with Down syndrome in their school and the only person who's reading at a comparable level. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, but once everybody comes here, maybe not everybody's covering exactly the same sort of reading levels, yeah. but everybody is somewhere close-ish on the process of reading and you know it's motivating to be around people who are doing the same thing as you yeah it's really nice absolutely yeah just a lot of kind of benefits of continuing to learn as it is true for all of us but you know just continuing to increase knowledge and and Mm -hmm. understanding of even like the current events and and things that they can then participate with their peers or with family Mm -hmm. um in conversations um continuing to explore a wider range of interests because mm-hmm. we find that too like our students might Big get one. kind of yeah, yeah set on one um idea so if they have their peers to kind of bounce things off of and and see what other people are interested in it might help them to widen that mm-hmm. range of interests mm-hmm. and yeah, just yeah all the benefits of yeah. reading um like developing their vocabulary, yep. interacting with others. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. overall independence. Like, I mean, I know that when you guys started the the reading and communication program, a lot of it was to help transition them into finding jobs, yep. meaningful employment, even mm-hmm. living independently. I mean, literacy is everywhere. So you need yeah. a solid foundation for it so that you can be more independent, right? So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think, you know, our students are aware at the, at the high school age that people are going somewhere mm-hmm. after high school. Exactly. The typically yeah. developing peers are doing something. Yep. And our students want to feel like they're doing something yep. after high school. And it's certainly better for their mental health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We won't even get into that today. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're fully capable you know, of doing things too. It's just yeah. you just have to have the right pathway. But if you just mm-hmm. have a drop off right after high school, then yeah. Yeah, you're it's stuck devastating. and you're losing mm-hmm. health. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, my last question for you guys is if you could give our parents or educators listening just your top three like pieces for motivating or encouraging their kids to read. It could be more, Danielle. It could Danielle be more. looks sad. Absolutely. She's like, I have it absolutely <laughs> Yeah, you can add more if you want, but I just want like parents to take three things away from I mean, there's so much you guys gave us, but they're like, all right, I'm gonna try this again. 
bring up, pick up that brown bear book. I'm going to give it another. <laughs> what can they do? I, I don't know. I feel like I'd have to categorize like for younger. Sure. Categorize away. Do, we'll do yeah. the youngies. Absolutely. Youngins first. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Go, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think it kind of covers a wide range of tips. Is it just to follow your child's lead and to really be kind of um, uh, like receptive to mm-hmm. what they're doing and how they're reacting to whatever the the session, you know, the situation is that you, the learning situation. Um, and yeah, follow their lead as, as far as interests go, as far as level, as far as, you know, how much or how little reading gets done mm. in a day, a week, a month, you know, a, a, yeah. a time. And then, yeah, kind of spreading that out is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. And that's a super good point. I thought of it earlier and then forgot. Um, but when we are working on a skill with our students, we're always thinking very long term and is what we're doing right now going to make it more likely that they want to do this with me the next time yeah. or less likely. And it is not worth it to push that extra 10% and no. get the kid to dislike to you yeah. or not want to do yeah. that ever, ever again. It's just not right. worth it. Exactly. Better to hang back. Even if you really want to push, just don't. <laughs> yeah. And I would add on to that to really, um, yeah, when you are following their lead, to really, to kind of use that language where you're, you know, you're calling them a reader. You're mm. you're commenting on, oh, look, look at you reading that yeah, book. Yeah, oh, And like so really good. being specific about and giving that positive, specific feedback. Like, yeah. oh, I loved how you turned the page. That was so good. Oh, yes. look at you pointing at that word. And yeah. just mm-hmm. all, like that's yeah. just so crucial at that stage too for them yeah. to feel confident because yeah. it's so easy for them once they get into the school system to lose that. Yeah. 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 And it also reinforces what they should be doing yeah. to mm-hmm. be a successful reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Follow your child's lead. I know you mentioned make it fun. I think that's always sing lots of songs. Mm-hmm. Sing lots of songs. <laughs> make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would say for the older um, students, so I really enjoy working with the teenagers, and I think that's kind of a challenging time mm-hmm. for parents because at that point, you know, the teenagers don't really want to read. At nighttime, with, with yeah. <laughs> yeah. the bedtime story thing is not yeah. Really a so thing. you do really you kind of have to be you need to find those kind of workarounds or those ways to kind of get in there and read with them without them realizing that you're right. Um, And I think that's easy to do when it kind of goes back to what you were saying, Danielle's like following their lead and their interests. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to say it. I think Google and using the internet is a really good way to connect with your teenager and Mm -hmm. do literacy activities. It gives them autonomy. They can, you know, do the search or look up images. And then that's such a good um, stepping point or send off into another literacy activity. So mm-hmm. if they've looked up Ariana Grande, then I don't know, copy and paste that image of Ariana Grande, yeah. put it in a PowerPoint, and then you can, you're making a sentence about you're it. And then boom, yeah. they just read. Yeah. You're just making your own book. Four sentences about Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they didn't even realize they're that's doing such a good shared reading with you. <laughs> yeah. And with any age that kind of comes out in those. <laughs> these R2 um, descriptions there is just the idea of kind of knowing what, what skills are possible to be working on and then kind of using a different lens with whatever you're doing and, and figuring out how you can kind of fit that in there. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the, 
like I think Hannah mentioned in the beginning, there's reading and then there's like all these other things <laughs> that are to do with reading. Yeah. And you might say, oh, well, okay, well, the only thing I can do on Google is read about Ariana Grande. But no, we could find two pictures of her and have an, a lesson on fact and opinion. Like, what, mm-hmm. what do you see? Those are facts. She is wearing boots. She yeah. is, she does have red hair. Good what one. do you think about it? Mm-hmm. You know, so these are all you things like that are not, not necessarily, yeah. yeah, what your teenager is going to see as, oh, we're reading. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But, exactly. You know, they mm-hmm. are weaving in those skills that are going to be mm-hmm. useful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I really like all the things to do with foods. We have a lot of students who really yeah. like foods. Yeah. <laughs> That's a huge jumping off point, right? Yeah. You can compare yeah. them. Yeah. You can imagine the one that you would want to make. Mm-hmm. You can write a yeah, whole what book you about like, what, what you don't how like. you would do that. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, would eat it, who you'd eat it with. Yeah, yeah. all of those things. Yeah. I'm sharing my taco book with you guys. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <you're great>. See? <laughs> oh, book about tacos, yes. <laughs> Um, those are great. I think that's going to give our parents and educators, whoever's listening, just a bit of like an idea and a push to be like, okay, it can be done. You just have to kind of mm-hmm. be more creative, think outside the box mm-hmm. and think outside the book. Think outside, think outside the book. book. Oh, Don't like judge it. a book by yeah. its cover. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the name of our next program. Edit. <laughs> how, many, how many more book puns can we throw in here? Yeah. We did a good job with um, another episode with our co- colleague, Riley, where we had lots of feeding puns. At nice. Yeah, we did. Um, all right. So, you guys, thank you so much. So, before we go, any we talked a lot about resources, and we'll put the videos on the webpage. We'll put Patricia Olin's book link. Are there any other websites, especially since you're mentioning how to engage teenagers and online reading mm-hmm. um, that you'd like to recommend? Well, there's our website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have lots of videos that Hannah mentioned really already. Do. And then um, at the beginning of the pandemic, we put up a lot of content around just kinds of things you can do at home that touch on each of the components of literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's our learn at home section. Learn at home section. Um, and then Eleanor and I were discussing which ones we would share today. And yeah. uh, one thing just, you know, if you're just looking for quick information about a certain reading strategy or, or a approach, Reading Rockets mm-hmm. is a good website. Just, yeah, it's very comprehensive. It usually has some videos or, you know, expert description short videos it's like yeah. two minutes yeah nice. this is what it, this is what <laughs> like predicting that. looks yeah. like and yeah. then you can watch it for yeah. sure. um, and you know they're geared towards typical readers but if you know kind of where your student is at it's going to apply with maybe some modifications mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then just for online books epic reads is one that or digital sources and they've been really generous this year by offering because mm-hmm. of covid they've been given families free accounts and as mm-hmm. an educator you get a free account so um mm-hmm. you and it tell, just has books online yeah, yeah. but okay. just a really good variety and you can awesome. search by the the search engine is very um broad so if you want yeah, to search and you can create collections and yeah you, you can, can assign them to students mm-hmm. oh they can be read to yeah. you you can mm-hmm. create quizzes they have um, videos i try to hide those usually yeah they do. <laughs> yeah but they have just a wide, they have a lot of good nonfiction. Like if you're looking for pop star books and things like that. They yeah, they have more that's like media, culture related. Yeah. yeah. Things from shows. Things yeah, from yeah, exactly. Celebrities, that kind of thing. Yeah. Lots of um, graphic novels and things mm-hmm. like that too. But then you can also, what I like too, is you can, if you search, um, you can search by reading level and you can search by age, but you can also search by um, tags like learning to read and then they'll, they'll, 
give you a bunch of a variety of texts that are right. at a very simplified beginning reading stage. Yep. And you can mm -hmm. search by speech sound. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. There you go. Yes. Perfect. Um, Wonderful. That's really good. Yeah. And then reading A to Z also is a good, it's good in the sense that it, we were talking about this yesterday, Danielle, where you just where it provides so much choice again mm -hmm. and autonomy for a student so they can look, you can set the level. So if they're only at a reading or if they're at a reading level and they're looking at all the books that they will know that they yeah. can kind of read and yeah. be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And they also have like a variety of topics mm -hmm. and oh, presentations. Like they have like real life pictures versus yeah. clip art pictures in their yeah. books. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Any more? Just our blogs. Should yeah, a there's, shout there's a few yeah. educator or homeschool type blogs Super that are useful for resources. So mm -hmm. Measured Mom tends to be mm. one that we go to just because it's very comprehensive. Like yeah. mm -hmm. you don't need to spend hours searching every inch of the web exactly. to find a resource if exactly. you know there's one blog the out there that yeah. probably has it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. And then the Florida Center for Reading, Reading Research yeah. um, has mm -hmm. a lot of great activities that are printable. Great materials. And yeah. Especially, yeah. I mean, in all areas of literacy, but especially phonics and phonological awareness, it's a really good place to go fantastic we'll put all of those on mm -hmm. our episode page Perfect. yes yeah, for sure well thank you guys yeah, thank for you so much so fun and joining us today yeah. it was a really good chat about literacy yeah learned yeah. a lot it's always fun Fabulous. to chat with you too yeah. mm -hmm. oh, thanks thank Eleanor. you so much <laughs> all right you guys the lowdown a down syndrome podcast can be found on all major podcast platforms subscribe today so you never miss an episode and let us know what you think by leaving a rating and a review be sure to visit the webpage for this episode at dsrf.org slash podcast for additional resources related to the topic. You can also follow DSRF Canada on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for updates from the Lowdown and the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation. Want to know more about Down Syndrome? Class is now in session at DSRF's online learning portal powered by Thinkific. User have called DSRF's resource brilliant, fantastic, and absolutely first class. Now, our educational platform puts these tools right at your fingertips. Start with our free introductory course Down Syndrome 101 or dive deep into the issue that matters most to you by enrolling in subjects like mental health or relationships and sexuality for people with Down syndrome. Each course guides users through video, audio, and written resource to help you better understand and support the person in your life with Down syndrome. All courses and subscriptions include access to the DSRF Circle of Support. Through this social community, users can interact and learn from one another and engage directly with DSRF. So, what are you waiting for? Class is about to begin. And there's an empty desk just for you. Visit dsrf.org slash thinkific to sign up today. Got questions? We have answers. 
321's Canada's Down Syndrome magazine brings leading-edge expertise from Canada's top Down Syndrome professionals, as well as parents and people with Down Syndrome, direct to your inbox four times per year. Brought to you by the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation and Canadian Down Syndrome Society. 321 tackles issues important to people with Down Syndrome and their families at every stage of life. From mental and physical health and development, relationships, employment, independence, and more, we will equip you to explore whatever your future holds. 321 Magazine, information and inspiration for Canada's Down Syndrome community. Download the latest issue and subscribe for free at dsrf.org slash magazine. The Lowdown, the Down Syndrome podcast, is a production of Down Syndrome Research Foundation. Learn more at dsrf.org and join conversation at Canada. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The Lowdown is hosted by Marla Fodan and Hannah Mahmood and is produced by Glenn Hughes. The Lowdown theme music and just do was written and recorded by Rick Scott. <laughs>